Welcome back to episode six of Nothing But Net Podcast. I'm your guest host today, Deer. I'm with Nate and Sean, and we have a guest on the pod today. It's VCU head, head men's basketball coach, Mike Rhodes. Coach, how's quarantine treating you? It, it's treating me, right, like everybody else. Um, it's, um, it's been tough not to be around our guys and to be in the practice facility every day. Uh, this is something new to me for 24 years now. Uh, but look, honestly, the last 12 weeks being at home with my family, it's almost like we all got a sabbatical from our careers and from our job. And, you know, there's a, a lot of things that I did consistently that I haven't done ever. And uh, I, I think I, I was a help around the house for most of the time. Uh, but you learn a lot about yourself, uh, about uh, when you're a coach, you have a different lifestyle than everybody else. Absolutely. And uh, I'm sure keeping in touch with players has been been all right for you no no nobody giving you any trouble no that's number one on the list um you know communicate with our guys you know i, I don't stalk them like a crazy man but we make we make sure we're we're uh, in touch all the time with myself or our staff and uh, every sunday night we have a team zoom so everybody sees each other and we talk about all different things and from from our academics all spring to making sure mentally they're they're doing well and they're 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 respecting the pandemic and staying safe and, and staying healthy and, and talking about moving along here uh, and uh, getting ready for get back here on campus and get to work because it's going to happen. We don't know when yet, but it's going to happen. I'm excited for that college basketball season. Uh, so I think we eight. all are. Yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> hey, you want to kick us off with some questions? Sure. So um, <clears throat> we'll start – I'll start uh, with your playing days at Lebanon Valley. So can you talk about how you decided on that college and then also uh, the national championship game? Can you take sure. us through well, those years? You know, I, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania called Mahanoy City, and uh, I was very fortunate, small co-region town in Pennsylvania where we, you know, we all grew up together, played sports together, and I was fortunate that I just fell in love with basketball at a young age. And my uncle, who was our head coach, Mickey Holland, won over 700 games in his coaching career. It was a big deal in my small school. And we went and played everybody anywhere, anytime, and had a lot of success. We were one game from the state championship game, the Eastern final. We, were, we lost in the Eastern final to Scotland in, in 91. And that's still, uh, that, that game still drives me and still pushes me. But I was fortunate to get recruited by a different levels. Um, but it ended up, the way it occurred is I, I ended up playing for Pat Flannery at Lebanon Valley College. And I, next to marrying my wife, asked my wife to marry me that was the best decision I ever made in my life. I, I went somewhere where it was a great fit for me, but I also was around people that I needed. And on top of the coaching staff and the, and the adults at Lebanon Valley who really nurtured me and, and pushed me, I also was around teammates that are my best friends. Here we are, you know, 20 some years later, they're still my best friends in the world. And, and we talk about everything under the sun. Now we're talking about our kids going to college, college visits and all that stuff. So it's crazy. So I found the right fit for me. Would I trade my experience for a different experience? No way. Totally shaped who I am and, and the people that impacted me. We pl I, I was there at a time where I was around guys that loved basketball like I did and guys that were super, super competitive. And for my four years at Lebanon Valley, if we weren't in practice in season, we were in the gym playing pickup. It could have been two on two, three on three, four on four, five on five, or guys in the gym shooting competitively. We had a very competitive group. So when the seasons rolled around, every year we got better and better because of the group of people we had. And, 
And uh, that was the best thing about it. Now, winning a national championship, something that uh, everybody dreams of, it came true for myself and my teammates and my coaches. It was a, and the way we won it was we were down both games in the final four and the national championship game and found a way to come back, put them in overtime and win. And to, to this day, it's because of the competitiveness and how tight our team, uh, and you know, I preach to my team all the time. I've been there, I've seen it happen. I see why it's happened and uh, put more energy and more thought into your teammates than yourself and then things come back to you tenfold. It's something I live on, it's something I believe on. Now, the way the things are in our world, especially socially with all the injustice, I still believe it. If you take care of the people around you, things come back to you tenfold. And I learned that at Lebanon Valley. I learned that with my, my teammates and my coaches. Yeah, I mean, and you were at a uh, Lebanon Valley and Randolph-Macon game uh, this past year. Yeah, I did, I did. Uh, Don't ask me who I, che I cheer for. <laughs> I just wanted both teams to do well. So you started your coaching career with Randolph-Macon. Sean? Yeah, I tried to play a little bit. I uh, had some invites, had some tryouts, uh, went, went to France uh, over there, didn't stick long. And I came back and I taught in high school and junior high in my hometown, like a permanent sub, a long-term sub for a few months. And uh, I loved the kids. Uh, I loved going to practice. On, I was a varsity assistant with my uncle, but I, didn't, I, I just didn't enjoy not being in the gym full-time, not being around players full-time and the structure of the bell ringing every 42 minutes. That just wasn't me. I taught for 31 years. My uncle taught for almost 40 years. I get it. Some people are, are great at that. I just didn't think that was going to be me at my best, and I wanted to be a full-time coach. I wanted every part of my day, 24-7, to be about basketball and people that love basketball like I do. And I was fortunate to get to Randolph-Macon, May of 96. It's pretty... I interviewed with Coach Nunley, Hal Nunley, who's you know a legend in college basketball at Randolph Macon, and uh, I was I went I got hired. Three days later, I left. And my first 18 days on the job were in South America with our basketball team on a foreign trip. As soon as I came back, I went right on the road recruiting. So unbelievable experience working for Coach Nunley. It was like an apprenticeship. I got to do everything. I didn't just learn how to coach. I learned how to run a program, and then it turned into his, his uh, health uh, de declined some and he wanted to retire. And at 25, I got the job, coached my first game at 26 at Randolph Macon, an unbelievable place, as you guys know. Uh, fun place, great people. What a great place to be a college athlete at because it's, it's very important, but done the right way. And I was fortunate to be there for 13 total years. There's, there's something about Crenshaw Gym on a rivalry night or, or uh, that right. tournament that's sure. just crazy. Well, I, I don't know how much of a rivalry it's been lately, uh, but uh, I will say that uh, those special nights, you, you don't forget. My, my greatest memory, we played Hampton Sydney College. We were number one in the country, and this was in 03. They were number two in the country. We both had one loss. We had two, both teams had two losses, and whoever won that game was going to win the league regular season. Um, the last game was senior night, sold out for two weeks prior to it. And we won the game and it was great. And everybody was excited. I told the guys, get out of here, go eat dinner with your family. Just be smart tonight. The campus was on fire. I mean, it was on fire. It was crazy. It was awesome. It was just a cool college environment experience. But you want to talk about being, of 
of having a humility and, and being humble in the moment where I think as a coach, man, I'm, I'm this hot dude here. I, you know, number one team in the country, just won our league over our rival. And I remember pushing the dirty uniforms, the sweaty uniforms in my suit after winning an important game. And I come out of the gym and my, my mom and dad and, and my wife, uh, Jody, they're sitting there and they start laughing. And my dad said, Hey, that will humble you. And you never, never too high, never too low is, is, is something I really preach to our guys. And that was a great moment for me. And, but what a great experience at Randolph making with so many games, so many great players, what a cool place. For sure. Sean. Yeah. Coach, what's the uh, biggest difference between coaching at Randolph making at division three and then coaching at VCU division one? I uh, just, I think so much more coming at you um, without a doubt, Sean, uh, just, um, People want to pull you in different directions, sometimes away from the coaching part, just because you are the face of a of VCU basketball. You're the coach, you're the leader. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's just there's a lot more avenues that you have to go, go to uh, help the school, help promote your program, be involved in the media, uh, be involved in different types of things like that. So just the... Um, the volume of that is different, uh, but it's still, it's still the same. It's still coaching basketball. It's still impacting young people. The recruiting is more intense. Um, you know, you could read a recruited kid to Randolph Macon for 12 straight months and he loves you. He loves you. And a school can come out of nowhere, offer him a scholarship, a full scholarship, a half scholarship, a $500 athletic scholarship. And that could be the difference of losing a kid. That stuff was out of your control here. We're going to go after kids, and, and some of that stuff is in your control. You offer a scholarship, and then you pursue them. Now, other schools can come in and so forth, but at least you know your competition that way. But um, it's still the same thing. Uh, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not more excited coaching a game at VCU than I was at Randolph-Macon. To me, when VCU's playing or when I was at Randolph-Macon, it's Duke Carolina to me. I don't care who else is playing in America. When, when Randolph-Macon was playing in my 13 years is the most important thing in my life. And to those players, it's the same thing at VCU. It's the same approach. And, you know, I love competing. I love basketball. So wherever you're at, you're trying to make it the best you can. And we did that at Macon. We did it at Rice. And, of course, we're trying to do that now at VCU. Yeah. And let's take you to that Final Four run, 2011. Yeah, that incredible VCU run. I remember watching that because I grew up with VCU season tickets and just we lost them literally the year before that happened. Um, and I remember sitting on my couch watching those games and just watching Havoc just take over these blue blood teams. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Florida State is not a blue blood, but blue blood, but they're, I mean, they're at the top every year. They're really good. Yeah. Georgetown, Purdue, Kansas. I mean, you were one of the creators of Havoc. And how did that affect you as a recruiter at VCU and not as much as a coach? Well, we all, the recruiting part of it and the brand, the Havoc uh, that Coach Smart uh, initiated, and we all sort of, found ways to make it better all the time. That run, that run in the final four was really a group of older guys that decided we don't care who we play. We don't want this to end. And by all means necessary, that was our approach. 
and the VCU swag, the chip on your shoulder, whatever you want to call it. I just think our guys said enough's enough. Um, we're here. Let's do what we're capable of doing. And from the way Brandon Roselle played in the tournament, making threes and having the swag and the way Joey Rodriguez ran the team and Jamie Skeen and Bradford Burgess, they, they went after it. The, the guys off the bench, Darius Stavis, Troy Daniels, you know, guys like that, um, everybody had a part and they maximized their role in that part. That, that's what was great about it. And honestly, we didn't care who we played. It, we, we didn't care. It was, it's just, it's, and I, I say this all the time and Coach Smart says it all the time, it's just what we do. And we want to play a style of basketball that's fun and entertaining. We want to play a, a style of basketball that is hard for the other team to prepare for, that they can simulate it like us in practice. We want to uh, have a style of play, both offensively and defensively, that when we attack you uh, and destroy your first plan against us, you may not have a second plan. And I'm not saying our style is better than others. It just fits VCU and it fits us. and. If it fits my mentality, um, you know, I don't want our teams to ever be on our heels, our players to be on their heels. Um, let's, if you're going to attack, if you're going to beat us, you got to beat us while we're attacking you. There's nothing wrong with that. And we, you know, we talk about not retreating. We just talk about going. And I think it's a fun way to play. I think it allows our guys great freedom and sort of the green light mentality to go play aggressively without looking over, over their shoulder. And that 2011 run to the Final Four was a great example that college basketball, the world of college basketball saw that, hey, these are guys that people thought were inferior to the Blue Bloods, but together with a certain way and great discipline and chaos, as we call it, look what we can accomplish. And I think you see that. And that's what's great about uh, as, as, as athletes look at programs, all sports, you got to find one that fits you. So we're going to recruit guys that fit our style, that want to play our style. Not everybody does. That's okay. We're going to play against those people. But we want to make sure that it's a great fit in recruiting as well as the mentality of our program. What was, what was the most exhilarating part of that Final Four run? I know playing, beating Kansas is probably the obvious answer. Seeing, seeing yeah, I mean, that was that, – that, uh, absolutely. I think, the, I think the dramatic – yeah, I mean – Brian, really, like every game was like, wow, you see what we just did. When you're coaching it, as soon as that game's over, you're not celebrating it. You're, what's next? Who we got next? When we beat Kansas and we flew back to the pep rally at 1.30 in the morning in Siegel, there's 6,000 people there. I had the Butler Scout. I, I wasn't even paying attention to the pep rally. I, I slept in my office that night because I was preparing because we were leaving in 48 hours to get to the Final Four. I, I was prepping for Butler. It, I mean, so you, when it's all over with, when we lost to Butler in the final four, we took that deep breath and we looked back and what an exhilarating time for you as a basketball coach, as a player, as a fan. But I, I, I think my, my most, my greatest memory, probably the way we beat Florida state because everybody was such a big part of that. Uh, the way we guard them. And we really like, how are we going to beat these guys? They're so long and so athletic, so much bigger than us. And it was like, we didn't have to play a perfect game, but man, we had to play the right way. And we sure did. And then I also thought the way we played, we beat Kansas. We didn't hit a shot at the buzzer to beat Kansas. We pretty much um, owned that game from the start and could control that game 
from the start. And what I think that created a mindset that is still at VCU that let's do what we do and let's do it better than everybody else. And that has created a lot of success. And that, that day was on, on the national stage. It, it was incredible for sure. I, the, I watched a replay of that game actually a couple days ago of the VCU Kansas game. And just like, I didn't realize at the time, like how much in control VCU was in that game. Cause I me, mean, I was yeah. just a 12 year old watching VCU basketball. Like I had been my whole life and watching it over again. It's like the lead just kept expanding and expanding and expanding. And it's like, Kansas wasn't even in the game. And it's, yeah, they made one run in the second half. I then cut it to six, and then we came out, and Joey Rodriguez just orchestrated some great plays and controlling the game. So, no, you're exactly right. Um, I watched the Kansas game during the pandemic. I watched the whole run, and the way we commanded the game and the way, the way we ran some, some teams, really good teams, off the court with our style of play makes me feel even better about how we do things because – it's 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 the right way for VCU, just like it, it. Coaches think this is the right way for their team, but that we we showed the world, and Coach Smart showed the world like this is how VCU does things. This is how we work. This is how we play together. This is how we compete. And uh, that game there was just total total control with a chip on your shoulder, and and that got us to the Final Four. So going off of that, did that run teach you anything or did you learn anything about coaching that helped you later in your career that you didn't know prior to that run? Oh, definitely, Nate. I mean, without a doubt, we use the moniker, well, it's ACL, aggressive, confidence, and loose. Let's play that way. Let's play very, very aggressive, right? You're better aggressive. Like, like I always say, it's better to call the dogs off than call the dogs on. Well, we don't call the dogs off. Let's be on all the time. Confidence. Well, we work extremely hard and we do things the right way on and off the court. It creates great confidence in what you're doing. Then you believe in it so much, no matter what. And your confidence has to show when things are the toughest and in adversity. And in front of the college basketball world in the NCAA tournament, your team has a lot of confidence no matter who the opponent is. I think that's huge. And then loose. And what we mean by loose is not, is not having a, a level of anxiety or stress that changes the way you approach uh, the way we're trying to get success. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna, we're going to have some crazy moments. We're going to have uh, some nervousness and butterflies before a big game. Isn't that the fun of it? It's competition. But never get so tight and have such anxiety that you can't perform at your highest level. Uh, because I still say it all the time, we want to be the team in the country that has the most fun and, and we're the most enthusiastic because of the way we play and the way we work. And I don't ever want our guys to be loose. And that, Coach Smart was so great at it. He, he'd motivate our guys get, to get ready to play, but he also made sure we were loose and having fun because that's when you're usually at your best. And you guys know this, and playing sports, being around competition – the leaders that lead from the front, and that's a big deal with me, especially with what's going on in the world today with, with our players and, and everybody. You got to lead from the front with aggressiveness and confidence and being loose and showing people it's going to be okay. 
I think that's huge. And it, I'm trying to teach my son. My oldest son plays multiple sports. He's competitive as all get up. He works hard, but he wears everything on his shoulder, shoulders all the time. He gets so mad if things don't go his way or he gets frustrated. And we shouldn't be that way in sports because look at what we're doing. It's great activity. Be the other way around. Absolutely accept those moments when there's great adversity. This is great. I'm going to grow from this moment, win or lose. I'm going to get after this, win or lose. And that's hard for young people to do. I wasn't great at it. I got better and better at it because of my coaches. But, man, I love that's how we try to do it, ACL. Be aggressive, be confident, be loose, and it's going to give you a great chance to succeed. Real quick, Sean, before you ask your question, I mean, I think that that ACL, you can almost see it when it happens. Um, Absolutely. In the single center because place is already, in my opinion, a top three atmosphere in college basketball. And when those guys dive on the floor and you pretty much taught the fans to get even rowdier when they dive on the floor, I think that pushes the players even more to do that, to get – down and dirty in the, like in the game and get on the floor for a loose ball and dive out of bounds for a ball that's probably not even close to being saved. But it just – I think that fuels the fire. Yeah. yeah. Well, a great job of that. I appreciate that. The floor burn tradition, when I try to start that if we're going to give up our body for the good of the team and the good of VCU, I want everybody on their feet to appreciate that because – you know this, if you work really hard and you know your coaches and teammates appreciate your hard work, what are you going to do? You're going to work harder. You're going to try to do that tough stuff even more. And there's nothing better. You guys know this. You all play team sports. You've played them in your, your whole life. When a coach appreciates great effort, that makes you feel great. When a teammate appreciates your great effort, there's nothing better. When your fans do it, it's awesome. And I, I'm big on that. And if we can get guys to take charges, giving up their body, get on the floor and get a loose ball, but we get the ball and go down and dunk it and set up our press or dive out of bounds for a loose ball and we save it. And our teammates make such a big issue about it. We're going to do it more and more and more. And all that stuff impacts winning. It impacts success. It also lets you know as a, as a young person that, that I'm, I'm doing things that are impacting others. And that, I think that carries over on and off the court. And uh, so, yeah, we're trying to get that floor burn tradition to be a big deal at VCU and get, get everybody off their seats and, and go crazy when, when a guy gets on the floor and gets a, takes a charge or you know, blocks a shot from behind and puts it in the 10th row. Those effort plays, they add up. For sure. Sean? All right, so switching topics to the NBA, uh, did you watch the uh, last dance? Come on now. What do you think? Right. Uh, uh, who did it, right? No. Yeah, after right. It. yeah, you know what? I made my I made my my three kids. I have a 16, 14, and 11-year-old, and we made it a family deal uh, each weekend, and it was awesome. It was. I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. I was for a long time. When he was a freshman <laughs> yeah. from Carolina on, and I, you know, I, uh, I, I, it was pretty intense. It was awesome. All right. So that that leads me to my next question. I'm guessing uh, Michael Jordan, you're you're a GOAT, greatest player of all time? Yes, without a doubt. But now I, I, I have great respect for different eras of basketball and because my family on my mom's side were all, college, were all basketball players, college basketball players, coaches. I sat with my grandfather who played at Villanova in the early 30s. 
I heard of all these unbelievable players and he was a Boston Celtics fan. I heard of Bill Russell and, and all these and Havlicek and Bob Cousy. And, and he told me stories about Wilt Chamberlain. So I have appreciation for the history of basketball and all these great players from all different eras. So in, in my era, in my time, um, if, if you wanted to win a basketball game, Michael Jordan better be on your time on your team. But I also think LeBron would be on my team too with Kobe, uh, but then some old timers as well. And, uh, you know, we all have our favorites without a doubt, but the way Michael Jordan won basketball games, is pretty impressive. Absolutely. Yeah, have, you, have you researched any of the new uh, NBA format that Adam Silver's come out with? A little bit, not enough. Um, honestly, I've been, been, you know, dealing with our players, getting them back here on campus in this pandemic. And then, of course, the last two weeks with all the stuff going on in our, in our country socially, uh, I've been dealing with a lot of that. Uh, so I, ha I did read over a little bit of it, but I, I'll get into studying a little bit. So, you know, anytime there's more fouls in the game, I'm all for. I grew up in a football family, too. So when things are more physical and, and more guys can stay out there with fouls, I love that. The you know, I just want to see really good basketball, and I love NBA playoff basketball. So the quicker we can get to the NBA playoffs, let's go. I don't care where it's at. Totally agree. <laughs> so the transition back to VCU, um, the last day of the VCU season, uh, you get to the A-10 tournament, you're in the Barclays Center. You're literally about to play a game. Yes. Yes and the season gets canceled. Take us through that day, how stressful it was as a coach, not knowing if you're actually going to play the game or not, and, and what it was talking to your players before that game. Well, we were excited to play. We were a little bit healthier. I mean, we had a tough stretch. We, we were 17-6 and six at one point, talking to everybody talking about seeding in the NCAA tournament, and then the wheels fell off. Um, we didn't play great. We had a bunch of injuries. We had three guys out for the year. Our best player at the time, Marcus Evans, was dealing with injuries throughout the whole year, and he wasn't nearly close to 100, and he was back and forth on the bench, off the bench. And we had a lot of young guys thrown in the fire, and it was the bulk and the toughest part of our A-10 schedule, which would have been awesome if we were full tilt, but we weren't. Now, no excuses. No excuses for me. No excuses for basketball. You We're still trying to find ways to win. It was just frustrating as a coach, things out of your control – that we were close, man. We played Dayton so well here, but we couldn't find a way to win the game. We go on the road and we just don't play well enough to win. We go to, we have Duquesne at home and we're, we're ready to win the game. It goes to overtime and, and we don't get it done. That was tough, but we got, we got a couple guys back. We got new life going in the A-10 tournament. We said, okay, we're going to play UMass first and have a shot at Dayton uh, on a neutral court in Barclays on national television. What a great situation to be in if that occurred, right? 20 seconds left in the warm-up clock. I say to my athletic director, Ed McLaughlin, I guess we're playing this game. Let's go. And as soon as I said that, one of the supervisors, administrators in the A-10 come out and say, game's, game's canceled. And we're like, what? And, you know, we had five seniors. We had five seniors. And uh, they handled it very well on the court. They handled it very well, showing appreciation to the parents and some donors and alumni that were there. 
of course, to our cheerleaders and to our band called the Peppas, who are, are the best in the country. Guys did a great job showing appreciation for, for them being there. But that was it. Season's over. Who's ever ended the season ever like that? So when we got back to the locker room, that's where it became very surreal to me and our team that this is over with and we're never going to be able to play with these five seniors again. And for the players, the coaches, that's tough too. But every year we have to say goodbye to the guys. And we do it at the end of the last game that you sweated and either won or you didn't win. Or you do it at graduation when they made a great journey, a great step in their growth, and now it's on to the next thing. Here we're in a locker room, a lot of, you know, a lot of no dry eyes. A lot of guys are showing emotion, including the coaches, that, man, this really stinks. But, you know, health and safety of our players are more, is more important than playing the game. And, and you know, that's the decision we had to make, and, and I agree with it, as, of course, we all, we all saw over the next, you know, 12 weeks uh, what we had to do to, to, to help this pandemic get better. It just stunk that we had to stop the season, but that's what we had to do. Yeah, it, it was heartbreaking for sure, watching those yeah. guys come off the court for the last time, um, especially DJ and IV. I mean, they're, they're two guys that I, I watched just about every game they played, and it, 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 it was yeah. tough. Yeah, you know, I uh, it's just tough losing seniors, but guys that are all in, you know, guys that went through a lot to get to that senior year and then they go through so much more and then still have more life ready to go and see what happens in the A-10 tournament. And then cold turkey, it's cut. It's just something we didn't experience. But I thought our guys really handled it well. They handled it with grace, and they were very appreciative of the opportunity to be at VCU, and, and they showed that uh, to many people, thank many people that showed it on their – social media and I think they took the, the right path and they took the high road which I, I really respect and appreciate it. Yeah. Y'all you guys got any other questions? I don't. All right, I got one more for you. Sure. What is your favorite song by the Peppas? Uh, a couple probably well like the the uh any any of the old VCU ones. Africa is always a good one, right? That that got you fired up. Oh yeah. Um you know, you don't want to go to war with the Rams. Who doesn't? I mean, my kids, and I, they're a little bit older, so they try to be cool. But when I was assistant, we used to listen to that on the way to school every morning, and we'd be singing. That's how we got our enthusiasm going to start the day. And uh, I still throw that on around the house once in a while, and our kids get fired up, and my wife gets fired up. So uh, anything. We have the CD from a long time ago, and uh, it's hilarious uh, to hear those songs and, and get fired up to them. But when I was assistant, you heard more because you're out, you're out in the arena early before the game, and they jam. And so, I gotta, I, I want them to start playing some, uh, some Foo Fighters and some Pearl Jam to get a little more intense in there. So hopefully, they will. That's one of my demands. I, we gotta win more games for me to demand a song with the Peppas. That's for sure. Absolutely, the Stew is one of the best places to play. The Peppas are one of the best bands to play for. Absolutely. So. Coach, thanks for coming on. Thank you for your, uh, taking your time to be with us today. I appreciate you guys having me on. Keep doing this stuff. Keep impacting, guys. I really appreciate it. You do thanks, Coach. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you.